0: I'm ready when you are. I'll start straight on here. Yeah. yeah,
1: gorgeous. Welcome to Bleach's BBC, the quarantine Q edition, where we speak to influential people of Berlin and get to hear their life story, and then later how it's affected by the corona crisis of 2020. For rights reasons, the music will be shorter in the podcast and you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Please don't forget to subscribe and please rate us with five stars. Now, this afternoon, I'll be talking to the legendary drag performer that I'm sure you all know and love, Judy Ladder. Divina. We first see Judy born in the Sea of Galilee in Israel, where they produce some work and work themselves up into a theatre company and see their life on stage for many years until finally they make their way to Berlin to become the legendary drag queen that we know of them now. Now, I have Judy here today in their gorgeous apartment in Prenzlauerberg. And I get to hear their story. How are you, Judy?
0: Well. Wow. Happy, happy... I the
1: intro. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Of course. I mean, obviously, you're a well-renowned drag queen in Berlin now, and we get to hopefully hear your life story on this podcast. And you were, you were born back in Israel, and you yeah. were... An- sea of Galilee. Gally. Thank you for the correction. Uh, no, it's, it's just, <laughs> you know, Jesus walked on water, allegedly,
0: <laughs> on this lake, uh, which growing literally in this lake, I can tell you that that was a fraud, because the there are rocks so hot, so big and tall underneath the water, so you can literally walk on the rocks, and it would look like you walk
1: on water. Just
0: saying, Jesus
1: walked You're on water,
0: <laughs> so did I. Not a
1: big deal. And I mean, I, I imagine a gorgeous setting. You're there, the only child. How was your upbringing? How was your early life in Israel? Uh, your younger self? I was, I was living in a musical.
0: I just didn't know I'm living in... I didn't know how to name it yet. But I remember very clearly that I, I was a very lonely child. Not many friends. Uh, super not problematic. Like, I can stay in my room for hours and hours and write stories Mm. and listening to songs and imagining myself performing on big stages. That's how I spend my early life. I was sure I am the greatest star in the world and people are not aware yet. Um, I mean, they're aware now, darling. (laughs) um, Partially, partially. There's still some work to do. But I was really like a dreamy, lonely
1: kind of boy... Growing up, like very younger self. And I mean, you found interest in the arts and the performance in theater and concentrated around Eurovision? In many ways. Mm. Um,
0: I I just, I always loved a dramatic moment. I always loved, I was always attracted to powerful, strong, unapologetic women. Mm. That was always a thing for me. The divas. That was always like something that I found fascinating because everything is so larger than life. It's so big and you you cannot tell them wrong. It's just like you can try but it's not going to work and I was always pretty fascinated by this choice of experiencing life because we all choose a character. We all choose who we want to be and this outrageously grand was so fascinating for me. I was always attracted to it. I always loved the villain in the soap opera, and I watched many soap operas. (laughs) Um, And I also grew up next to many women, powerful one. My grandmother, she had 10 kids, Mm. growing up like with a woman who produced, sorry for the, oh that was a poor choice of words, actually raised 10 kids. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like, how can you not be a power wonder woman? Most so. definitely. And I mean, obviously, it's sort of laid the groundwork. Obviously, we're maybe even researching as a young child, these powerful women. Wow. I
0: always say that all my life, I was not aware, but all my life trained me to be Judy La Divina. Mm. I was not aware. I While mean, I was experiencing it, but only in Berlin and only within the drag art form where it all clicked into like,
1: so now I get it, yeah. Most definitely, I mean, every single moment builds to this moment right here, right now. Absolutely. So by the age of 18, you start to work within companies, producing theatre shows, choreographing theatre shows. How did you go from a young boy in the Sea of Galilee to Tel Aviv to start working on these shows?
0: Um... I was very lucky uh, because uh, once I decided that this is what I want to do, I just went non stop to audition um, everywhere just give me anything um, my the the company I ended up working was um, was the one who offered me the the least exciting job, so sort to of say I came to audition for a role in a in the actual play, and I I finished uh, getting the job of babysitting the kids while their parents enjoy (laughs) the show, (laughs) literally. Uh, And the guy who auditioned me looked at me and was like, you're wasting your time, you need to find something which is not stage. I'm going to put it nicely, he said. Stage was not meant for people like yourself. And I was... When I left, I I remember, again, my soap opera realness. It's like, you have two choices. It's either you're going to believe him or you're going to prove him wrong. So I went to babysit the kids. And while I babysit the kids, I listened to the show. And I, classy, I was just waiting for someone to get sick so I can be like, but I know yeah. the part. <laughs> and then I knew the part and I did it very well. So I got promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted until by the age of 24,
1: I bought the company. And I mean, you were producing the show back to front, choreographing, writing the show. What kind of shows were they? It was very like
0: all family kind of thing that was meant to entertain um, basically families who come to visit a hotel. Something like Vegas, but with the budget of Neukölln, Mm. I'll say, Uh, happening in Israel. And um, it was great because we had no copyright issues. Basically, I could write musicals. And use any song I like. And we used to hire uh, professional uh, singers and musical arrangements. And it was just like, everything was pretty much from A to Z on me.
1: And you were touring these shows across Israel or was it concentrated in Tel Aviv? It was
0: concentrated in Tel Aviv and Tiberias. Mm. Back and forth. Um, performing with particular hotels. I also used to work in high schools and do the same, but for the annual, uh, at the end of the whatever, when they finish studying this bullshit, and then they get to do a musical, and that counts, so I did that. Um, and basically, yeah, it was it was not a total freedom of creation because I could not speak about anything, and it, and I think that was the point where I realized that there is a catch to it, because you sit with a customer that, at the end of the day, is the hotel manager or whoever books you and you need to write them based on their demands. It's like, I want a romantic story, which will be most likely a heterosexual love affair, ending up in a wedding and use this and this and that song. So then you have to make it work. Mm. Um, I think the point where I realized that I cannot do it anymore and right before I decided I want to move to Berlin was when I realized I cannot create when you give me, like, the story.
2: Mm. Restrictions? I want to tell a different story.
0: I want to be able to... It's funny because I was in the main of the mainstream Mm. and I was very well celebrated and accepted there, but I felt like I have to
1: to go sideways, to find my story. So you were sitting there, 24 years old, you've just bought a company, you were sitting quite comfortably, I presume. Hmm. I took low, that
0: could have put, in, put me in jail for years. <laughs> like, I don't know how I took this risk, but I don't come from a financially comfortable background at all. Um... I've never seen or experienced uh, wealth or financial comfort. Hmm. But when I got the opportunity to buy the company, I just snatched it. And I applied to every single loan I could take. And I put myself under big pressure. But three years later, I finished everything. I paid back everything. Like, i proven something to myself that if I work really hard, I can do it. I can make it happen. But once I did it, once it was mine, then I looked around and I was like, oh, oh but it's actually pretty boring to mm. make your dream come true because <laughs> that was my drive. I want to make that dream come true. And once I made it real, it was really bo- Like, that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. And I mean, I guess that brings us on nicely to your first song in the quarantine queue here. Mm. Yeah, first To represent song. a past self.
0: Past self, trying to be... Oh. Yeah. Trying to be perfect. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so it's perfect by Alanina's Morissette. Morissette. <laughs> Girl! <laughs> Girl! <Okay.
0: laughs> no, it's just. Yeah. I, I owe everything to this bitch. I'll put <laughs> Don't
1: forget to win
2: first boy. Absolutely yes, gorgeous.
0: We yeah. love you. Just do way you are if you're perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, perfect. But I think this album, uh, Jagged Little Pill from yeah. Alanis Morissette was literally the soundtrack of my teenage life. It was a great motivation to learn English and what she's singing about and great... Uh, great guidance to mm-hmm. adulthood. I was like... It's, oh, it's, now when I listen to this album almost 20 years after, I'm like, shit, like,
1: shit, she, that was my guidebook, and I was mm. not even aware. And I mean, uh, you mentioned that English, and obviously you love Eurovision, and watching Eurovision at this time, mm. was Europe uh, a goal?
0: Um, I never actually thought I'm going to be able to crack the code of how I'm trying transferring my life in elsewhere like I grew up in just before internet was a thing mm. I never had an iPhone as a teenager I did, it was not out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and that puts me in a place where like dreaming about living in a different country was not as accessible it just came with time mm. but um, Eurovision was always a, a dream it was always like a, a getaway for me Uh, I didn't thought about me being able to live in Europe, let alone work in Europe, but I always thought that I'm going to do something Eurovision-related at one point. When I was very little, I thought I'm going to be a singer. That's the base of why I love to lip-sync so much. It's this obsession that I'm never going to have a good voice, but I really want to be a singer, so I'm just going to be a great (laughs) lip-syncer. Eat it. (laughs) Like, that's my compromise. Um... And, yeah, I, always, I was sure that I will represent Israel in Eurovision at one point. And, of course, I'm going to win. And then I'm going to host it the, year, the yes. year after. That was, like, my plan. But with time, it got different. Now mm. I want to host a green room or at least give commentary on the live uh, broadcast.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't wait for that. It'll be that, very soon. That I should know. happen, yeah. And, I mean, uh, obviously, we sit here today, a proud drag queen, a proud gay man. How did your queer life interact with... ...Israel and your mother? Mm. I, I, I didn't have a queer
0: self in Israel. Mm. I was not aware. I was not exposed. I didn't know it's an option. And that's why I say that I love Berlin so much... ...because I think Berlin really... ...facilitate us queer creatures... ...to find ourselves. To find our individual self. Um, I was too busy uh, being perfect... When I was in Israel, I was too busy um, achieving goals, which were much, for, much more for the outside than for my, myself. Mm. I wanted to have my education. I wanted to have my, my success, my money, my business. I, I, I wanted all of that. And only here, when I was the poorest I've ever been, I felt like myself. I had a place to find and define my queer self, so...
1: And I mean, did your, your queer persona sort of crash that perfect image of yourself in Israel with your family? Um, did it not line up correctly? It with made
0: it not so important.
1: Mm. Like, I don't care anymore
0: yeah. who position about me or which opinion about me it crushed. Um, I know I'm happy, and that's all I need to know. And if there's anybody which is unhappy with me being happy, then I don't think I should really care. Mm. As long as I'm not taking from someone, I'm not hurting anybody, I'm just being me. If you don't like it, move along. And the biggest reward was that all of those years, if I tried to be perfect for someone, would be for my mother. Mm. And my mother is happier now with me than she ever been. Uh, We are closest than we've ever been because... She saw how I allowed her to see my true self, like yeah, that's the same mother who kicked me out of her house and was, like, you're not gonna be gay, under my roof. As okay, then I'm gonna be gay under a different roof. <laughs> Yay. Now she's helping queer mothers to accept their kids Brilliant. because she's very proud of her queer child, and for me, it
1: means everything. And I mean, you talk that you were kicked out the house. How did you? Gather the strength to keep. What was your tactics to get through this time? Um, I I don't know. Did you work through
0: it?
2: I, I mean, you I just
0: I remember that the first three months I was very like down, hmm. and by down I mean like this is a long period of depression. I was just listening to music all day. Music saved me, because it again it's my escape zone. So I just listened to music all day long, but I would not go to school, I would not eat, I I would just be in bed sleeping for three months. Um, And then somehow I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to fake it again. And we didn't talk about it. Mm. And I just let it be and there was a kind of like agreement that we're both silent about it. I live my life, I'm no longer at her home, Mm. she is my mother, but we don't talk about this aspect of my personality. And until years later, I remember I had a, I broke up with my boyfriend and that was a big issue. And I was like 4 a.m. in the car and I'm like, I don't want to go to my apartment and I don't feel like I can go home to my mother because she would, we cannot talk about it. And then I said, then maybe nine years after you came out, it's time to put an end to it. And Mm. I literally woke her up at 4 a.m. I rang the doorbell. I didn't even open the door, even though I had keys. And I was like, in tears. She's like, what happened? What happened? 4 a.m. Why do you wake me I was like, sit down. We need to talk. She's like, what? Well, you told me not to talk with you about the fact that I'm gay. And that makes me... Re-. And I, was just, I literally just opened everything up. And <laughs> she's like, okay, okay. We can talk about it.
2: <laughs> can we do tomorrow
0: after I get some sleep?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty dramatic.
0: What can I, I say? I mean,
1: well, you, you fought through that for nine years of silence. So, I mean, that moment had to come arise. Yeah. So, I say if you do it, do it big. And yeah. And
0: <laughs> I, I, I didn't, like, I cannot say I was suffering because I also, what suffer? Who is to define? So, I'm down. Fair enough. Maybe there is a story to reveal here. Maybe there is something I need to figure out about myself. I'm, I learned how to embrace being down and being depressed from time to time because I feel like that's my only space for growth. If everything is always perfect, then I'm doing something wrong. Mm. Or I'm very delusional. And
1: well, I my mean, my drug dealer is great. <laughs> 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 I mean, you're there owning a company. You under the LTL, you're doing your company, you're touring programs, and you seem... You get bored.
0: Oh, man, I get bored. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I get I've bored. got to ask, what kind of numbers were you doing? How many girls did you have in your dance uh, troupe? We had...
0: It, really, it was really... The, I had, all in all, 12 people working with me. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, we had usually only three boys, and the rest were be girls. Mm. Um. But it was very like how would it, jazz, pop, Broadway again, but off, 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 mm. off. Um but it was very passionate. And, and very it was singing.
1: Real. It was the whole field we experience. Seeking, oh lip syncing okay. um
0: acting, uh dancing, costume changes, uh hosting. Um and it was It was maybe not as professional or with high budgets, but it was real. It was authentic. And it was, at the end of the day, looking back at it, it was 500 people, different people, every single Mm. night. So that was the best uni for me for, for showbiz. I mean, training,
1: field training, training, going out every night.
0: And you get all types of audiences, from the most respecting one to the ones who couldn't give a shit about what you're doing and literally um, playing music, literally playing
1: music. While you are performing on stage, different one <laughs> and I mean, you're in this sort of comfortable, boring zone, and you go out of it by start studying and getting your involvement with politics Well How did this come about?
0: I was always very very attracted to to the political game uh, because I find democracy fascinating mm. and I find politics fascinating um, and I, was sent- and I grew up in a very political house, very mm. political environment. Um, and with time, I established my own ideas, which were very far left than my political education. Mm. Um, and I found my own political voice, and I started using it, and I became really passionate about it. Um, the entire concept of campaigning and, and working to get, Leadership, and and to have greater good with leadership. It's it's a great responsibility. It's fascinating for me. Mm. Um, And yeah, so I started studying, and I started being much more involved in the political game and volunteering for campaigns and doing... uh, small gatherings where I promote my candidates and convince people and do lists and drive them on the day of election to the voting polls, make sure everybody's, like, and creating the arguments. I was really good
1: at arguing, and I got really addicted to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, you had those opportunities lined up in front of you. We may have seen you as the next Israeli pri- president, Prime- Hi. I'm so sorry. We were just. Up, but we, 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 just we, we, we were talking about your sort of political moment. Yes. You were engaging in politics, you were supporting candidates, you were pushing this, and it seemed like you were going to fall into this. And then you fall out of this and end up in Berlin. How did it. I fell out of this uh, because of two reasons. A,
0: um, I was already bored with my job as a producer, dancer, blah, blah, blah. And I really wanted to shift into politics. But while shifting into politics, there was a major campaign where I, I saw the, the light in front of me, but then it was, it was not. And that was a massive disappointment. And then I, I, the more I digged in into the political game, the more I became a potential c- colleague to some of the people I learned from and worked with the more I was exposed to the ugly side of the Mm. game. The more I was exposed of, well, then if you want to get A, you will have to say B, even though you don't believe in it. Mm. And only when you have C, then you can reclaim A. And that was too many letters and too much math for me, bitch. (laughs) I got confused in the way. Mm. And I really realized that if I'm going on politics, I am most likely losing my soul. Mm. And that's why, and it's very, again... Very melodramatic, very theatrical-like. My life is a musical. On the same day I booked a ticket to Berlin, I got three job offers from the Israeli parliaments, which I desired and could be a great new career for me. But between the two buttons, I don't know even why I clicked Berlin, but now I know exactly yes, why. Yes,
1: of yeah. course. And I mean, as well, in Israel, you were brought up around a Jewish background. How do you relate to Judaism? Well... Just like any
0: religion, and I really mean it, I think religion in general have amazing, beautiful background, cultural story. But religion lost the purpose and the justification to exist in a world of 2020 where we have science Mm. that can give us much more answers. Therefore, they are not relevant anymore. And if any religion want to remain relevant... They will have to adopt. I do believe in the spiritual connection and I do believe in the spiritual ceremonies. It has a value, but it has no value if we want to live our life in 2020 based on books that was written who knows when and serving who knows which goals. This I cannot tolerate. So I don't practice any religious part to my life, Not as a Jew, even though I grew up in a Jewish house, um, but I am proud to be a member of the Jewish
1: culture. Mm. And do you see yourself as a spiritual person?
2: Because I yes, mean you stand on spiritual you...
1: I believe in I believe in energies.
0: Yes. And I believe in people. There is one one sentence from the Israeli Bible I hold on to says that the man was created in the the lights of the God, in the shadow shadow of the God. So that means that we are, refle- we are the reflection. We are God. Mm. We can create. We can do. This is our ability. We are all individual gods. This is how I see it. So I really believe in the spiritual connection. I don't believe in bullshit that if I eat, um, I don't know, uh, unkosher food then I'm going to be sent to hell. This is bullshit. I did not want to give up a piece of my dick for religious per- reasons. Mm. Like, I don't see why. So...
1: No, I, I completely understand it. I mean, you stand on the stage and you have a spiritual message of we're all in this together. You've got to go out there and smile. It's a positive loving message that comes across and it's very spiritual
0: what I experience with the audience and what the audience is experiencing with me because we're exchanging energies because we are both the gods of the moment and in this I believe this is this is force of nature Mm. as, as human beings we can create that worship something that I've never seen and tells me how to live my life that's creepy
1: yeah And I mean, you land in Berlin and you see a drag queen. First night out. (laughs) First night out. I was such a clueless
0: bitch. Uh, And I went to this bar and I was just sitting there for like three hours. Longest. So I was sitting there for three hours in this bar. um, And suddenly she appeared and I I was like, oh my God. What is this? She's so pretty. She must be German. But she knows how to speak. And I was like so clueless. And then, yeah, she turned out to be my drag mama. Gorgeous. And the grandmother of half of Berlin without yes. her even knowing. Who is it, darling? <laughs> her name is Mazzy Mazeltov. Gorgeous. Uh, okay. She's not doing drag anymore, but she's doing some very great projects. Uh, the name is Shlomi. He's an opera singer. Incredibly talented. Um, and I just started following her everywhere for a year, basically. We became great friends. I used to carry her bags and zip her dresses and helping her choreographing her numbers. And then I was like, maybe I want to do it myself, mm. too. And she really helped pushing me there and gave me wings to fly. So. And then Judy Ladivina is born. And then Judy Ladivina is born. And she arrives um, after six months of sitting home and preparing myself and building this alter ego I call Judy La Divina, um, I was ready to share her with the world and allow her to continue to grow because I was very obsessed with, I'm not going to go out. And I, I hear it also from many drag performers right now, like lots of baby kings and queens who begins their journey and they like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Not yet. Until it's perfect. It's bullshit. It's never perfect. You, at some point you need to be done with preparations and allow your character to grow in the world and that's how you become better. Um, So
1: yeah, I just shared her with the world. I mean, it's important to see and hear because I mean, Judy Ledovina looks perfect, is perfect, her lip syncs perfect. I love your research. (laughs) 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 And I mean, before long, you've got your solo show at Silver Future, which sparks your sort of solo... For me, that was the moment you, like,
0: there is the beginning where you just like go everywhere and I perform just like one number here, one number there. But the day I did Letters from the Future at Silver Future, 10th of April 2016 was the actual day I feel like I was born as a character because I got a stage for my own for the first time and I used
1: it to tell a story which was important to me at the time and I, I, yeah. And I mean, we're four years down the line now, and we know that that Silver Future show turned into two monthly shows, Dragaholic Mm -hmm. and The Half Low Evening. How did you... How did it turn into a monthly position? Um, So, after I did the first
0: show at Silver Future, we both were really happy working together. They are incredible. Mm. Uh, At the time, uh, I was working very close with the... Um, Paul and Kata and Sabine and it was just amazing to work environment and then we booked another show and then I did the same show again at Silver Future, I actually did the same piece like 3-4 times um, and then we really wanted to do something with with Davish so the Hafla came along and Dragaholic was born um, at the beginning of 2018 when I was at this this phase where I was like, okay, bitch, you're, you're well enough known in order to create space for, for new performers. And I had a clear vision of what I want Dragaholic to be already six months before. So I came to Silver Future with an actual plan. We were all very doubtful. Because at the time, would you believe that there was no open stages as such in Berlin other than the House of Presents? And, um, yeah, they were like, yeah, but it would work for one month or two months. Afterwards, we know how it works.
1: You will never get performers. And, and I mean, how is that so wrong? I mean, Dragaholics is the staple drag show now in Berlin. It's and It's, like, in in general, I feel that the the
0: purpose of Dragaholic for me in the first place was just to give something back to the Berlin drag community. And as a matter of of feeling that I have a, I feel like if a drag queen or a drag king or a drag thing, any drag artist, our right to exist relies on our political um, community value. If we don't do something for the community, I don't think we have a right to exist. And that something can be anything. It could be lifting the spirits. It could be creating spaces, it could be entertaining, it could be carrying a message, but something.
1: And for me, Dragaholic was that thing. I mean, it built the space, you had new performers coming every month, two new performers every month. Two to three. And we saw that explode and grow up until a graduation moment where you had the most amount of drag performers on one stage at once. this is
0: the biggest, this is the dream. The fact that I can see that, regardless of the fact that we facilitated a space for new artists to perform, is the fact that Dragaholic created a community. From Dragaholic, there was the seed for for Venus Boys to be born. From Dragaholic, the stars of, uh, like, look at the fucking... I mean, yeah. go, See, dragaholic go. changed the scene. Honey. I mean, come on, I will, I will just na- I will just do some name dropping right now. Go, go, right? go, go! Like, go. I don't know if you know P <laughs> or if you know Camdad, or if you know the legendary Vanessa Jupiter, yes. or Persia, yes. or Ocean, or Candle. <laughs> this is all season one.
1: Yes, all and right? it's growing and
0: growing and, and growing. And season two, I had such amazing talents, and I'm just, I'm blessed
1: uh, with dragaholic. It's the biggest privilege to be to be a part in this and I mean at the same time as the monthly shows you were doing weekly shows uh, yeah. first at Axel Hotel then now at uh, Zoom I Zoom always wanted hobby. to
0: have like a talk show I always yeah. think that Judy is the perfect combination between Oprah Winfrey to Wendy Williams like she can be a girl she can be inspirational but like I, I really love the communication with the audience so, a weekly show was a must for me. Um, yeah, and from Axel Hotel, we moved to Tsum, which was an amazing, smart decision. Even though we didn't plan it, we were kicked off from <laughs> Axel Hotel. <laughs> Ridiculous. But... Why? What happened there? So, the restaurant that was in Axel Hotel got a new owner. And so, they rent the restaurant, yeah. and the shows were at the restaurant, and um, they didn't see in a good eye the fact that a drag show will be there on a Friday night. Want to say a bit uh, homophobic, yeah. Want to say, does it make any sense that they opened a restaurant in a hotel that defines themselves (laughs) straight-friendly? Yeah. But it is what it is. I'm very thankful for the time there. They were beyond amazing and supporting. But this kick... uh, And that was, for me, almost mini-corona at Mm. 2017. Because out of nowhere... It was Wednesday when they announced that I could do my weekly shows and at the time that was my only income, my only job. Um, and yeah, I just stayed home. Two months, no work, no food, no money, no nothing. And considering like, what the fuck have I done? And uh, that was midway with duty, hmm. But I'm so thankful for this because then, right after that, I started with and with Hafla and with Dragaholic yes. and so many amazing things
1: happened because I was so low and allowed myself to be low. And I mean, you're an out and proud drag queen at this moment. How's the relationship with back home with your mother? My mom loves the shows. Yeah. <laughs> she loves it. She bought me I mean, how can you
0: not? <laughs> I think the, bit, the most amazing thing for me with that is that whenever I come to visit home, my mother keeps me... Like, she, she, she gives me a package of old the jewelries of hers, of dresses that she kept and no longer uses, of uh, makeup things that she don't want. And I find it so sweet because she gives Judy all of those stuff. And it's like, my mother don't have a daughter, mm. so to say. So the fact that she's giving Judy her dress, it's like almost she's giving it to her second child. So I think she embraces her. And that's the only thing that matters.
1: I mean, that's magical, time healed the wounds there, and you... Uh... Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I... I dig also
0: 50% of the responsibility. You know, it's very easy to blame our parents for not accepting us, and for not celebrating us. And how dared she to kick me out of her house? And I was only six... Everything is right. Hmm. It's all right, Every, and it's all very individual. But from my point of view, I think that there is a great importance of, of ed- educating our parents. Because I do believe that most of us have parents who at the end of the day once are good, mm. they just don't know what's good because they were educated differently. We are the pioneers. We have more access. We are braver, so to say. So we have to show them how it's done. And only when my mother was at my show, only then, she accepted Judy. Not before. Before she was very like, yeah. So this is what you want to do with your life now. Okay. If you're happy, I'm happy. But very passive,
1: aggressive kind of way.
0: (laughs) And only after she was at the show, she was like, wow. I feel it. I can see it. That's why I always say to the audience, bring your mama to a drag show and the amount of people who actually brought their parents and their grandparents to the Wednesday shows and to Dragaholic,
1: this is, for me, this is my job. I like, mean, most definitely, I know Camp Dad's uh, dad's, one of their first mm-hmm. shows with Judy Ladavina, and I can't wait to bring my mom to one of your shows. I am always thrilled
0: <laughs> when it happens, because I'm always saying, like, at the end of the day, we're all about love. And you just need to kill them with kindness. Bring them over. Let's not fight this war. Let's just make it a bit more accessible. Let's educate. If it doesn't work, and sometimes it doesn't work, but I, I guess I'm, yeah, I'm just too optimistic in that.
1: I mean, I completely agree. And I mean, it did work. You were doing absolutely amazingly after those monthly shows, weekly shows. We started seeing you doing Beyonce tributes with Schwartz. You were doing stages all across the city. I saw you on the 1st of May parade. Mm-hmm. You were everywhere, darling. And then even you stepped into the Deutsches. Theater. (laughs) Ganske. You were on the (laughs) pantatonic. We made it
0: theater. I I think this is the biggest dream that ever came true. uh, for me to be whenever before I started drag I always said that like in a course of few years I wanna be able to bring drag into a mainstream theater. And the fact that I was able to be involved in such a project was really a dream coming true. Which came through at the end of the day, my audition to this play was not i didn't oh so they hiring and i want to do an audition the director was at silver future and he saw me perform a musical and he offered me a part so it's like you just need to talk you set it up you set it up she's listening yes
1: she she has a very sensitive ear She hears it all. And I mean, after that, we were stepping into 2020 and you had GMF lined up, the new extra show. Yeah, I figured like,
0: you know, in the Wednesday shows and in So Future, and and I'm hosting a lot and I really love that. I really love doing that, but I also love to to show off. Like I love to dance and I love to do the Beyonce tribute and the big stuff with dancers and lights and I live for it. Um, And extra was really that road. Um, and we start. We did the three auditions of extra: January, February, March. We were lucky. Few days before the lockdown, we still had our last extra.
1: But yeah, I mean, Corona comes round, and then and that bitch comes over. <laughs> she grabs it out of your hand and locks you inside. Yeah, and I mean. Gigs like, now. I think the weeks,
0: the weeks before, and entirely since the year started, with Deutsches Theater and Ugly Duckling, with Extra, with Dragaholic becoming bigger and bigger, and I already had many plans. Like, I had this year pretty much figured out. Um, but then Corona showed up. Yeah, indeed. And um, I think the first weeks, I was... Because I was working so much, in March... I had 12 shows in 9 days. And I looked at the calendar all the time and I was so happy. Like, tired as shit, I ain't gonna lie. And most likely whining all day long. But so happy and feeling so lucky that I put my... That I I achieved that goal. And it also was because of my visa and I was like, I really needed the coin. So I just... I worked everywhere. Mm. And then suddenly Corona. So the first two weeks, I was like, it's a forced vacation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The universe is telling (laughs) you something, girl. (laughs) And I was pretty cool with it. Yeah. But then shit got real when you get a cancellation after a cancellation. Mm. And you get disappointment after another one. And okay, so we're not going to be back with the weekly shows until who knows when. So, Dragaholic, I have performers who are waiting. There are drag artists waiting to be born. And and it cannot happen. And there is always this dialogue between... I cannot complain and I cannot uh, let my spirit goes down because that's not going to make any difference and this is much bigger than me. Um, but...
1: It's tough,
2: but but hey,
0: hey, I (laughs) want a wine. I get it, I get it. It was
1: taken out of your hands, and I mean, I guess... I'm
0: very fortunate and lucky that I'm healthy, and I have a place to be, and that we have internet, and that I can do live streams on Instagram and Twitch, and I can stay connected. Grateful, okay, but I want my fucking... Like, there are two things I want, that's it, and then we can go back again for another month. That two things that would charge me, one dragaholic show, and one radiant love. That's all I need, and then you can lock me. But again, but like, yeah.
1: I'm mean, sorry, but yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. Of course. I mean, I guess that brings us timely onto your second song, a song for the now, a song. For... Song for the now. So yeah, one thing
0: that doesn't happen now that should have happened actually this week in two days is Eurovision. My salvation. My everything. And Eurovision is not happening, and I think the moment I was the most disappointed about this corona is that she took Eurovision away. This is... I'm not going to forget, nor forgive. I was like, I can forgive her for many things, but for taking Eurovision away, that's too much. And taking lives. Yeah, mostly taking lives. But, yeah, so Eurovision is not happening, and I've chosen this song because it's... In many ways, if there would not be Eurovision, there would not be Judy La Divina, and... In many ways, if there would not be Dana International in Eurovision, there would be no Judy La Divina. So this song is three minutes of everything that Eurovision and Judy La Divina is all about. I can't
1: wait. Wait. Well, we're gonna have yeah, to. We, we. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Diva by Dana International. <laughs> <That's> Ganz <good. laughs> Diva. Where's it from? Israel. Now when? 1998. Okay.
0: This is the most defining moment of my childhood. I was 13, this is the most defining moment of my childhood. Hands down. What's she wearing? You've never
2: seen this?
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm getting a lesson. I'm getting a real lesson journey Julie of the video. Give me my, I need to get my references. Do <laughs> you want to see the video clip or the live performance? Should we do the live? It should probably arrive. I want to see the moment that but it cracked wait, you in half. She, she wore two different things. She had a different outfit okay, for when yeah. she won.
0: So I'm going to give you the winning. The, actually, we have time, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. All the time okay, in the world. I, First, if you don't know Dana International, that's Rude. not cute. <laughs> um, that's not
2: cute.
0: I apologize. I will explain. <laughs> yeah, I Dana, is a, it, basically she started as a drag queen in 1992. She's a pioneer in all... Like, she's an icon when yeah. it comes to queer, trans visibility. And that's why I'm thinking you... She, is, she us, usually did, like, club music. And I think that if her record is going to drop at one of the Radiant Loves, we're going to lose our shit. Yeah. And please remind me to let um, you listen to a track. Anyhow, um, yeah. So she started recording songs in 1992. She won Eurovision and she let the BBC host wait forever because she, she was changing dress.
2: <laughs> <gasps> it's different we from.
1: No, win. it's uh, Terry Wogan.
2: Yeah. It was in Birmingham. Not not wisely, but too well.
1: Did England win the year before? Yeah. I did not know That's England never won. <laughs> England won five times. <laughs> Have you heard Terry Wogan's uh yeah, all the time. I ain't yeah, never yeah, heard. yeah, yeah, good.
0: Anyways, so here she
2: is. Oh <laughs> I <mean>, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Jean-Paul
1: Rutier. Wow. Gorgeous!
0: Dana is, uh, for me, the biggest... um, Yeah, it's just everything. Everything. And without even trying to be, is the Napoleon of queer people in the Middle East. She recorded queer Arabic techno music before we knew how to spell the sentence. (laughs) Gorgeous
1: Okay And she's stunning And she is So you're gonna learn more I'm gonna learn more I'm gonna look it up You better (laughs) So there we had Dana Internationale I say it right, international. international. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love adding a little bit or taking <laughs> yeah. a bit away from something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's very simple. It's Danna International. down International. Grand I mean, canal. the international without
0: international. Stuff, you
1: make it sound like a film
0: <laughs> festival? <laughs> <laughs> like the Berlinale? <very> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Judy's second choice on the Bleachers BBC, an absolute fabulous choice, and obviously like. It reminds us of better times, partier times that were all taken away oh, yeah. from us. And you mentioned Radiant Love. What? Tell us what you're missing. What is the clubs you're missing? Where, where would we normally see Judy on the weekend? Normally, either on stage or at
0: home preparing for a stage, but once a month. Um, I, and it's, I think that's something I'm pretty strict at. Once a month, unless it's Radiant Love. Um, I, I would just go out Mostly it would be Radiant Love Berghain Cocktail at the time um, Queer spaces hmm. Safe spaces Femme spaces um, Respectful spaces
1: and I mean, we have to touch on Radiant Love. I saw you on the door there for the first year, and then finally, we yeah. <laughs> see um, you on the dance floor. Radiant there all Love the time. Is, a, is
0: a baby of the family, uh, of the queer family here in Berlin, and I was beyond proud and privileged together with the Skartoffel to maintain the door for the first year, which was a great privilege, and we really enjoyed it. But with time, I feel that. Um, the rave got so big and rightfully famous, um, and at some point we figured that we will be best doing our job inside, um, and I'm beyond proud. I think also Radiant Love is is something that I don't consider they took it away from us because they cannot, Hmm. no, nothing can take that away from us. So maybe it's going to be rescheduled. But the moments we had there are so precious that they're going to go with us wherever we go and how far it's going to take. And I'm
1: sure that we will be able to recreate them once it's all over. Most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, it's taken away for now. And you have to deal with what's happening right now. And how's... The corona affected you. How is lockdown... First you're losing gigs, obviously that's depressing. But First you're
0: losing gigs, then you're losing your mind. Um, I am... I don't know. It's not very consistent. I can be very happy and very sad and very hopeful and very hopeless in one hour. <laughs> uh, and repeat. Um, but I think the fact, and this is what I'm trying to remind myself every single day, that it's much bigger than me. It's not my unfortunate situation. It's not our, just us, unfortunate situation. It's, my, it's bigger than us. It's everybody. I'm, and then when I'm trying to proportionize it, then I'm also getting to look around more of the opportunities I have of learning new lip syncs and learning now my 42nd language of, of lip sync and thinking about the, the show post-corona. There's no doubt The impact is real, the shit is real, and it's gonna stay much longer, and most likely even when we'll be back, we will be able to be back to work, we're not gonna hit um, the same expectations of big shows right away, finance, it's gonna take a while, but it's fine as long as we'll get moving. Um, but yeah, right now we're forced to handle it and whether I like it or not, it's not going to change. So I'm trying to remind myself that stay positive and, and be productive as much as you can. Mm. So.
1: And I mean, you've translated that weekly show into the Twitch live stream. How are you finding doing shows on the internet?
0: Um, it's not my forte.
1: It's it's, like, it's a weird one. It's,
0: it's <laughs> like I really enjoy it. I have, first things first. Mm. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the fact that I'm able to do something that maintain as a type of communication between my audience and I. I love it. Mm. That being said, platforms are extremely complicated for a woman as my as such. I I just don't get it. I re really, I'm horrible at that. Um, and. There is not the it's not the same instant reaction that feeds me. So when I'm on stage and I'm lip syncing in front of an audience and I hear their applause or I see their smiles, or I can close my eyes and just get drifted away by the sound of their cheers, that right now I am in the stadium I always dreamt of. I'm winning Eurovision now, <laughs> <That's... clears throat> and. You cannot have it when it's online. It's much different. So I had to learn also how to approach it. I'm thankful for being able to have it, but it's not a substitute to a real live show with a live audience because that's what Judy is about.
1: No, obviously. And I mean, you just encapsulated the essence of drag, that moment of you, you feel it. And unfortunately, a webcam and a chat room doesn't, mm. doesn't <laughs> translate the same. And I mean... It has a different kind of magic there. Because you can do other stuff that would not go on
0: live. Like you can go a bit deeper into conversations. You can take your time. You don't have to keep it pumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You can try things that are not suitable for a stage. You can do more comedy stuff. More things that are all about mimics and face and acting. It's cute, but it's not the same.
1: no. <clears> and, I mean, you touched on there, obviously, your lover, your partner, the best sound tech in the world, Sis Cartoffel,
0: The of them all. <laughs> yeah.
1: The sweetheart that we all fall in love with. It's how can the, you not? It's the plus of going to a Judy show. <laughs> you get Sis on the side.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, actually, the amount of people that um, are posting stories about how charming he is is yeah and also I had many people who showed up to the shows just for the let's let it not be mistaken <laughs> and many peop many unfortunate broken hearts also stopped showing up to the shows once they realized that we are partners it, they took it very personally they're like oh, so I don't have a chance with the I'm not coming anymore which is fair enough but yeah, he's the sweetest of them all and I'm very lucky to have him by myself. I
1: mean, you have a magical, strong relationship. How has it been during lockdown? Has it put any any um, toughness? It just
0: makes it a bit more extreme. You know, we yeah. love harder. We fight louder. But it keeps going. Good. <laughs> it's fun. We're surviving it. We're surviving it pretty well. And I don't think... Um, I cannot imagine a different scenario of going through it. Um, without this Zeus this off by myself
1: of and I mean you're <laughs> as said you were pumping through you were doing theatre shows shows across the city have you been given the chance to look back and see how much nah mama's done I mean nah. like
0: I am I'm, I'm, you're
1: so humble sweetheart it's not it's not I about mean,
0: being humble I'm for me it's, it's really hard I, I enjoy looking back mm. I I always take a look at videos I did and performed even three and four years ago, but it's always a work in progress. Hmm. Um, And I always tell to myself, bitch, you're only good as your last show. Like, I don't want to rest on the things I did because they're already done. I'm proud of them, but I'm hungry for more. The good side effect is that now I do have a bit more time to go deeper into the creation process. Because mm. it's also very hard to find inspiration when you have four shows a week. And you need to keep pumping and diverse. And, and we all know it's not like I'm a look queen. No one comes to do show to see what she's going to wear tonight. That's not going to be most likely the gag of the night. So I need <laughs> to work on a new content. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, she's like, like, "Well, you don't need to when you're lip syncing in for uh, no, uh, about forty
0: languages." I think we all need to. You do, know your strengths. Play to our forties, yeah. and I, fi- I figured like my aesthetics are pretty well defined, <laughs> and I'm enjoying them. But I always n- want to create and and need yeah. to create new new stories to tell. For me, all, every single song I'm lip syncing is a story that I want to tell. So now it gives me a bit more time to explore, to listen mm. to new music. Because before that, I would not listen to random music. It would not happen. Just put a playlist yeah, and see yeah. what happened. It would, I'm just going to listen to what I need to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so now I know what I want to learn later. A
1: chance to explore, a chance yeah. to look at. And I mean, you can touch in with Judy every Wednesday. She's on every Twitch and Wednesday. Instagram.
0: Yes, and sometimes even more, but the other things are just not uh, announced. I'm just like... If I'm feeling it, I'm just getting ready and going up. And who's ever there, we're having our moment. And hopefully soon enough we'll be back on track. So if you're not doing it already, follow my Instagram.
1: I'm Judy Latifina. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know. the Judy family spans far and wide. Obviously with Dragaholics, Radiant Love, you're... Uh, Sam, Bubba, Sababa, Mm -hmm. I mean, and Darvish. How has it been keeping connected with these people? Has it been difficult not having your regular... Your meeting point?
0: No. Um, In that matter, because I always think that... um, A great mother knows also how to, you know... For me, I I was never asked or uh, offered to be anyone drag mother for the sake of I'm gonna guide you or I'm gonna tell you what to do I am here to be inspired by your work and to facilitate your first steps if I have the ability but it's all about whatever you want to do and I'm very proud when I see my kids
1: and I have pretty, pretty do you know how many it is 17. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's and a legacy that spans I'm across the whole so of them. I'm proud of
0: them and I see what they're doing and it always warms my heart to see where, how far they go from, yeah, I just love my kids uh, equally and they are very, it's not like for me that if we want to play, it's, I don't think that this is how drag scenes should work. At the end of the day, we're all family. Mm. We're all every drag performer for me is family it's not like there is the dragaholic family and the, i see everybody as families i don't you can play at edding garden as long as you play
1: i mean you've got that sp- positive mother spirit that has carried you so far and now we're seeing the quarantine ease up a little bit you're coming out of lockdown, you've actually gone to Tipsy Bear Invention, done a show? Yes, I was a
0: Tipsy Bear doing a Friday service show and a GMF mm. uh, doing a, a Stream Queen show. Um, both were amazing experiences because it was so much fun to be warm, again, with the light of an actual stage. And it almost feels real. Again, it the, the audience is missing beyond ability of words to express but still it was something and I really
1: hope that the day is closer than we think. And I mean when we look then. to the future what do you see changes in have you theorized thought about how the world will change in the wake after Corona? I think
0: everything will change and nothing will be as we know it but I'm afraid to think about it. Like the greatest tip my mother gave me regarding this corona shit is don't worry twice. I'm sure it's going to have many side effects. But I know that I'm not, most likely will not be able to define them myself, or especially right now, so I'm just going to have to wait and see and go as it rolls. If I'm not going to have money, then I'm not going to have money. If I'm not going to have work, then fuck it. Then I'm not going to I'm not the only one. That's why I'm saying it's bigger than me. It's the entire planet in this shit together. So most likely we're going to figure it out. I really hope, that will be much more connected to our social, loving, uh, caring kind of qualities rather than the separating ones. Um, but I see so much solidarity right now and it warms my heart. So queer, queer creatures, and I said that from day one, we know how to survive. We are trained at it. We're trained at it. History trained us mm. well. We know how to survive when they tell us we cannot exist. Now, heterosexual white world, welcome! <laughs> Let's figure it out together. <laughs> yeah. But we are the most practiced in this shit. Like, you're gonna tell a queer people that you... a person that you don't have a job for two weeks or it's gonna be hard for you to get a job or it's gonna be hard for you to be accepted,
1: oh, and what's news? That's Wednesdays. <laughs> and I mean, you mentioned before you've been inside for two months on your own, working through difficult stuff, and obviously this has been a difficult time. And you are a positive energy and always projecting positivity. How does a negative Judy look? Um, she's furious. She's
0: angry. She's quiet. She's quiet. I don't see it as negative. Like, I, I never... I, I don't know negative in that matter. Or, like, it might be considered as negative. But, like, I know for myself I'm a clueless person. I never check my messages. I don't answer. Like, if you want to get me on work issues or it's important, write me an email. Because that's the only thing I will check. Because I want to be professional. <laughs> but, like, messengers and other stuff I cannot check for a month. I hate it about myself, but it is what it is. It, uh, I don't think it's negative. And Judy comes in two sh- like in two forms. It's either she is loving it or she is not liking it. And when she's not liking it, it's very strict and it's very in your face and it's very quiet and sharp, then loud and messy.
1: And I mean, you've come out the she's other. A she's a diva.
0: She's a diva. She, she is, diva, is the diva. How would you Berlin. expect a diva to be? Like <laughs> <yourself>? <laughs>
1: I mean, I haven't... Like, i, haven't, I had
0: a few moments where I, I was really pissed. Uh, um, that, that's actually very funny, because it's I had the same situation that I experienced in the course of two hours, just once it's Judy and once out of drag. That was a party, and I was in drag, and I was in the toilet, and I was super mad about a group of faggots that wanted to take drugs right now. Ignoring completely a female body behind them, really need to pee. Judy fucking, they were afraid to breathe when I inter- interrupted. I was like, what you're doing is wrong, blah 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 blah, step outside, she's getting in, in a matter of five seconds, the situation was over. But then I came out of drag and the same thing happened, and I did the same reaction, but I was not in drag, and they looked at me like, chill dude. And I was like so furious because apparently I'm much more threatening than Judy. I'm in the
1: power of drag time. <laughs> I mean, Judy apparently is... A... they listen. <laughs> I mean, I guess that brings us on to your last song of the quarantine queue. What, what do you think the future sounds or is for you? Um,
0: I think one thing I, I practiced since I realized that... Um, like after i before I moved to Berlin, I made a very conscious decision of not planning too much ahead because it means nothing um My experience taught me that if in the age of eighteen, I had a dream of owning a company, and no matter how hard I worked and how hard it was to achieve it once I achieved it, basically, I was out of goals. It just means that. This is a never-ending process. We are all work in process. So, planning what's going to be the future is much beyond my ability. Most of the times, I'm trying to figure out my present and Mm. stay there. What do I think will happen? I don't know. I can only hope that we will be in a better place. I'm sure it's going to be harder than we can imagine. But I know that we're going to... There's We have two ways. It's either... Accept it and handle it, or accept it and handle it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you it's can't not put like your like, head in the sand. You got to face just, it. It
0: is what it is. Yeah. So I'm just gonna let it be, and I know that I'm gonna try my best to do whatever in my abilities to make it as fast and smooth back to routine, which is a bit more aware and mm. a bit more responsible and a bit more caring to one another. And the last song I've chosen is of course by my spirit animal. Her name is Beyonce, uh, the other uh, woman in my life. There are so many divas who are all like in parts inspire me to be the person I am. I think Beyonce is such an amazing inspiration. This song called Bigger and listening to the lyrics gives me a lot of proportion for Myself as a queer person in general and as a queer drag performer in times of corona and even beyond. So Beyonce, bigger. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right mm. um, and I think good mainstream is only being well produced by someone which is completely outcast yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: and yeah I, I find Beyonce a very inspiring artist because I feel that in many ways when it comes to pop culture or being successful the more successful you get the less legit you have within the artist Community because he's mainstream now she made a lot of money so she's not making art but I think Beyonce is acting very appropriately for the richest artist in the world most definitely you know what I mean yeah, most she's definitely. putting all of her fucking millions on creating her art on doing visual albums on writing music on producing something that no one even be- was able to think about while others just take their money and produce a lingerie line. Sorry Rihanna, no offense. I love you to bits and you're a bad girl. But you know what
1: I mean. I and That's the difference. It's the difference is the art within the pop and like I Like can... Amy
0: Winehouse will not do a makeup line even though she was iconic for yeah. her eyeliner. If she was alive and having all of her money and ability to overcome her mental issues, she would spend every single dime back into her art, into the into her fans. And that's why I think the critique about Beyonce is not relevant because you cannot play. She's not playing the new media game. She's not going from a talk show to another. She's not doing a reality TV. She's putting all of her fucking money on her art. Let her be. And it's a beautiful one. Once you listen, you like Mm. it.
1: And I mean, you do it magically, translating that into drag and making those voices exist within you. You are exceptional lip-sync artist. You can sit there and see Beyonce's voice come out of Judy Divina. It's magical as if it's Judy's voice right there. Um, Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, there is an interview uh, from 2009 and uh, The View Um, and Beyonce is coming to to give an interview there and uh, Whoopi tells her, so, you're Beyonce and she's like,
1: thank you. <laughs> <We should> just... <laughs> anyways um i mean i guess that brings us nicely unfortunately to the end of this interview i mean what better way to end it with beyonce what better way to end and start and continue with beyonce <laughs> and i mean if the crisis continues and we go into a full-blown lockdown and your internet's cut off and you have to choose one of these three songs. What song do you save? What song do you download? Um, wow.
0: <laughs> Bitch. That's a twist in the plot. I was not aware. Okay, but I need to realize the scenario. So there is no internet. The lockdown is getting even more severe. And I need to choose one song. Yes. Then I'm staying with bigger because um, most likely I'm just going to put myself in drag, and every
1: Wednesday at 9.30, I'm going to go to the balcony and perform it on repeat. I mean, a gorgeous scene, and uh, I give you the full works of Shakespeare and the Bible, <laughs> and you get to choose a book of your own. What book would you take to quarantine? Between? You get to choose Anyone. any any book that you would find appropriate for this time. Um, I'm just going to choose the, the the latest I'm
0: reading right now, and I... I'm just I I know I'm gonna read it again and uh, Michelle Obama becoming that's the one that stays with me for lockdown but it's just for lockdown right it's not
1: like a a lonely island for you the can you can add life. a you can add a lonely island on there as well I oh no that's oof I, d- I I didn't prepare Judy for this <laughs>
0: <laughs> no not at all then I will take um, Badolina. that would be the book it's uh it's a book by an Israeli author and it's very like fantasy, self-empowerment kind of shit, but
1: it really, yeah, that would be the one I took. I'll take with me. Well, thank you so very much, Judy. It's been absolutely incredible and absolute pleasure to talk to you. danke Thank you, Judy Davina, for that gorgeous, positive message and the story of your life. That was Bleaches BBC, the quarantine Q edition. You can find more information at www.bleachesbbc.tumblr.com where you can listen to former episodes with other performers as mentioned, Camp Dad, Persia, as well as fashionistas such as the Lupe Latex brand. I hope we get to hear from you very soon and until then I hope you have a very good time. Goodbye.